this handcuffing business, I was just saying, I'm sure there's just a... What are you doing? Oh, my God. What's going on? He's got the 9mm single-action semi-automatic with the power bellum cartridges, sir. He's got a gun, sir! I can see that. Thank you, Brunswick. Zip it, Grandpa. Now, I'm sure you know I'm not your grandfather, and I'm equally sure you wouldn't read it. The Casebook of Inspector Steve by Lynn Trust. Episode 3. The Smallest Show on Earth. He denies it now, of course, but Inspector Steen was quite keen on the idea of a police open day at first. He was always popping his head round the door and saying... Ah, Brunswick. Yes, sir? How about a display of police whistles down the ages? And I'd have to point out that police work didn't really stretch back more than about a hundred years, and that whistle design, while fascinating to some of us, wasn't quite... What about helmets, then? Oh, very good, sir. Excellent. Carry on. Yeah, so, anyway... Then I'd go back to doing something a bit more interesting. Scotland Yard was very helpful, I must say, letting me have bits and pieces from their grisly black museum. And, of course, Constable Twitten found any number of significant Brighton trial exhibits. Garrots, skeleton keys, rope ladders, coshes, jemmies, knives, guns that had been just tossed in drawers around the station. The crowning glory, however, was our vintage car. A very Clifton F model 1905 motor cradle used in 1912 for the daring jailbreak getaway of the notorious bride killer, Ronald Tigg. It was such a beautiful morning for the open day, though. Oh, it was beautiful. Morning, sir. Are you inside? Britain! So what do you think of the marquee? Oh, it's beautiful, <laughs> sir, and deceptively deep. I like the way it's sort of tucked into the tunnel under the road. And it's a glorious morning, sir. Oh, here comes the inspector. In here, sir! Oh, what a beautiful day. Ah. Oh, I don't suppose you two have noticed what a glorious morning it is. Well, we have, sir. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. But, uh... No, you haven't. Oh, you see... This is why we love Brighton, Brunswick. Look at that sky. Yes, sir. Oh, the stately pier, this lovely bandstand. Of course, it will be entirely ruined shortly by the arrival of our usual holiday-making hoi polloi with their lilos, knobbly knees, jam sandwiches and bottles of Tizer. But for now, at this moment, it's just us. Just we three proud, upstanding defenders of the law. Alone with the elements. What's that? It's Vince, sir. Ventriloquist Vince. The Punch and Judy man who isn't really a ventriloquist. That's right, sir. He's just setting up his tent. Booth, sir. That is it, setting up his booth. Uh, what's that? Oh, that's Vince's girlfriend, Maisie, sir. I expect she's opening her little shop with its coloured plastic beach balls and little windmills on sticks and buckets and spades and so forth. How charming. <laughs> so when I say it's just us three... And I feel I ought to mention additionally, sir, I did see a chap in his trunks going down for a dip earlier. But apart from Vince, Maisie and the swimmer, sir, and, oh yes, that, that old-fashioned-looking child loitering the arches over there, we are absolutely alone with the elements, sir. Morning, Sonny. Don't be shy. Ah, uh, tease it, you boo. Well, there's no need for that kind of... Drop dead, Grandad. What? <clears throat> uh, would you like to come and see some of the exhibits, sir? I thought you'd never ask. 
as you know, sir, this mm. is a bit of an innovation, this open day. <laughs> Constable Twitten and I have been working on it since January, and we're pretty pleased with some of the material we've brought together. Mm. Uh, for example, you see this, sir? Mm. It looks like a walking stick, doesn't it? Well, yes. <laughs> Hold it, sir. And, and, oh! Oh! <laughs> What's it got in it, Led? It's telescopic, sir. What are you talking about? It's the latest criminal device being imported by villains from Germany, sir. Show him, Twitten. Yes, sir. Lean it against that wall at the back, son. What the? Shall I climb it, sir? You see, it looks like an innocent walking stick. Look, sir. But lean it against the wall and release the mechanism, and in a few seconds it can become a six-foot ladder, a means of gaining illegal entry any place, any time. Thank you, Twitten. And you're... Planning to show this felon's best friend to the general public, sir. Brunswick? Oh, yes, sir. Sir, are you hoping to help them sleep better at night? Well, I think they'll find it interesting, sir. I mean, none of these exhibits looks particularly interesting, you see. Hmm, you're telling me. But there's a story to every one, sir. Hmm. These old rusty links of gas pipe, for example. Yes. Those came from Ten Rillington Place, sir. Yeah. <laughs> That gun over there was used in the famous Turnham Green stick-up. It still has the original bullets. And those handcuffs were used on Neville Heath. Oh, 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 you see that floorboard, sir? It's quite high. Yeah, you can come down now, son. Uh, yes, sir, I, I, I'm trying, sir. What do you make of that, then, sir? Um, well, it looks like a length of floorboard, uh, Brunswick. Yeah. Covered in horrible stains. Could Mrs. Grimes at least have used some gumption on it? This is from the scullery in the house of Montague Pond, sir, the so-called Kennington Butcher, <gasps> hanged in 1949 for the murder of seven women. Oh. Sir? This floorboard, sawn out of the scullery floor, was a sensational prosecution exhibit at the Old Bailey. Uh, uh, sir, it's, it's a bit difficult to... Pond's always denied the charges, you see, mm. upholding that the bloodstains came from slaughtering chickens. But if you look closely, sir, yeah. look, do you see what's embedded in it? Um, oh... Oh, that's not a tooth. Oh, my God. A human tooth, sir. The right upper canine of his fifth victim, Mrs Lillian Bowen, sir. Oh, dear. Embedded. Mm, Sir? Look, what is Twitten playing at? Come down, for heaven's sake. I said come down. Yes, sir. Ah! Well... I have to hand it to you, Brunswick. Yes, sir? This must be the most... Morally repugnant display I've ever seen in my life. Oh. Isn't it all marvellous, sir? <clears throat> oh, look, that strange boy with the quiff and short trousers has come in. Shall I go and explain it all to him? I can't pretend I wasn't a bit disappointed at the inspector's reaction. Weeks of work had brought all these criminological treasures together, and even at half past six in the morning, quite a crowd had already gathered to look. Oh, well, 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 I say a, a crowd. Ventriloquist Vince came over, and then Mrs. Groins arrived with a biscuit tin full of rock cakes and Maisie, and that queer lurking boy with a quiff and short trousers who kept asking Twitten whether he could try on his helmet. Anyway, for a while, it was really pleasant. Yeah. Blimey, O'Reilly, what's this part of old rubbish? Boy. Uh, oh, hi. Hey, Maisie, 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 come here. Oh, that's a nice demi, then. Yeah. Yeah, ooh, that's nice. Oh, that's very nice. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Here, how many coppers you got guarded in all of this lot, then, mate? All day down on the front on Brighton, then? Uh, well, three. <laughs> Why? Oh, no, 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 three. That's perfect, mate. That's ruddy perfect. <laughs> Good luck.
Thank you. So, uh, Sonny, what's your name? Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando. <laughs> what a peculiar name. Is your name Marlon Brando? Yeah, and you're Rosanna Bratzi. Blimey, you must be a right old mug to believe that. <laughs> well, uh, what can we show you here? I want to see the gap. I'm sorry? The peace, the Betsy, the Roscoe. I'm sorry, I hear the words, but they don't... The heater, you wouldn't talk the rod. Ah, Mrs. Groynes, I see you're admiring that kosh. I'm beginning to wonder whether making a display of criminal artefacts and weaponry is really quite as responsible as it seemed at the planning stage. Well, I wouldn't expect to have much of it left by the end of the day, that's for sure, dear. Why? Use your loaf, constable. Half the criminals in Brighton are planning to come down here this afternoon to be reunited with their old bits and pieces, aren't they? Oh, no. Think of it like an amnesty, dear. An amnesty, but the other way round. Should I warn the sergeant? Oh, no, dear, no point. He'll find out soon enough. <sighs> Think the weight of that gosh, dear. <laughs> that is proper class, that is. And look. Oh, it's even still got a few hairs stuck to it. Hold on. Brill cream. That will be from the time Kemptown Charlie used it on that poor security guard at Heath Row. What's wrong? You look really sad, Mrs. Goins. I knew I shouldn't have lent it to him, that's all. You lent this to Kemptown. It's yours. My dad gave it to me for my twelfth birthday. Oh, happy days, Constable. Happy days. Look at this, Maisie. But what's that? <laughs> As a tooth. Why would somebody buy a floor, Vince? Oh, lots of reasons, Macy. Lots of reasons. Twitten? Twitten! Ah, there you are. Sir? Uh, tell us about this firearm, would you? This charming young stop-nose here seems desperate to know. Well, sir, it's jolly interesting. Oh, I somehow knew it would be. The Browning High Power is a single-action, 9mm semi-automatic pistol, sir, invented by an American called Browning, of course, over 30 years ago and manufactured generally in Belgium. It's actually a very good gun, the Browning High Power. Can I hold it? Uh, of course. Uh, just be ever so, ever so careful. Now, this particular weapon was recovered... Whoa, don't point it, no, don't no, point no, it, no, sir. No, 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 I'll take that, thank you. Oh, you really must never point a gun at people, young man. Do you hear me? Never. <clears throat> uh, yes, uh, this particular weapon was, um, was recovered from the dead hand of Mad Pat Morton after the famous shootout in Turnham Green Post Office. Excellent. Now, how about it we... It is loaded with parabellum... Twitter. No, 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 really, sir. It's very interesting, sir. It's loaded with parabellum cartridges. Their name derived from the Latin, Sivis Parchum Parabellum, which means, if you seek peace, prepare for war. Uh, parabellum, you see. Uh, the sergeant thought we should perhaps take the bullets out, sir. But I wanted a reason to explain about the name, so... So uh, that, that's why it's loaded. These bracelets work. Oh, I, I believe so, yes, sir. Uh, they were last used on the murderer, Neville Heath. Constable! Yes, sir? This walking stick contraption won't go back in. Coming, sir. And then, everything happened really quickly. The next thing we knew, in fact, Inspector Steen had been handcuffed to the vintage vehicle and the young shaver was completely in charge. Ah! He's firing, sir. He's actually firing. Sir, are you all right, sir? What's that? Ah! He hit me. He's out there. He hit me. Oh, sir. Oh, what's going on? Mr. V, 
Flint has received a wound in the shoulder. In fact, it's quite a serious nick. And nick! And nick! He hit me! I'll kill him, Marcy! I'll have to kill him! <laughs> Don't die! Bloody <laughs> talking about dying his neck, Mike! That's what I'll knock his block off, I pop his eyeballs, I peck his ears off with a spanner and nail him to a door! I, I think we should all calm down. Calm down! I've been shot, mate! You've been shot, now you ain't been shot, mate! I've been bloody shot! Nevertheless, Finks, that young Pinky there has got the inspector and he's got a gun and he has a look of someone a bit too lally to me. Are you all right, sir? Sir? Are you all right? Not really, Twitten. Hold on, sir. Hold on? What's that supposed to mean? What are we going to do? I don't know, sir. And there's another problem, sir. What? Members of the public are beginning to arrive. We've got to keep them out. The rest of the day was absolute ruddy agony. For months we've been putting this show together to entertain the public to welcome them to the reassuring world of defeated crime. And what did we have to do all day? Move along now, please. Nothing to see. Move along. Could you move along, please? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, charming day, yes. Do please move along, though, if you'd be so kind. That's it. Thank you. What's the time? Eight o'clock, sir. We'll have to get an ambulance for Vince. He doesn't want one, sir. I think he's quite safe now under that table with Maisie. I really hate this. Me too, sir. This was supposed to be a great day, Twitten. I know, sir. Move along. That's right, dear. Come on now, move along. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry about that. Here, what happened to Mrs. Groins in there? I lost track of her. Oh, I don't know, sir. But don't worry, she's terribly, terribly good at looking after herself. I'm sure she is, Twitten. I'm just dying for a rock bun, that's all. To handle crowds and ensure public order is a talent very highly valued in the modern policeman. Few of our officers are as lucky as the Indian officer who, faced with an angry mob in the Punjab, fired his trusty revolver into a bee swarm in a nearby tree, causing the infuriated bees to attack and quickly scatter the crowd. <laughs> Locking arms is the usual practice when attempting to contain a large crowd liable to cause a disturbance, but one needs a very large force for this to be effective. I have to say that whenever I have commanded men in twos and threes to lock arms, I've found that the crowd, far from being contained, finds it a relatively simple matter to run round the ends, often shouting insults such as, Yah, yah, you wooden tops couldn't contain an individual fruit pie, <laughs> which is amusing, of course, but um, at the same time unhelpful to the cause of restoring order. Oh, it's closed, Roy. What's going on? You're getting closed. It's an open. Oh, blimey, here we go again. Move along now, please. Move along. Nothing to see. What? Move along. There's absolutely nothing to see, unfortunately. Nothing to see is nothing to see. Move along. Nothing to see? That's right, sir. Move along. Nothing to see? This is supposed to be an exhibition. My Doris read about it in the paper, didn't you, Doris? I did. There's supposed to be a Clifton F-Class 1905 motor cradle in there today. I want to see that for starters. Well, you can't. Move along now, sir. Move along. Move well, along. Came down for the day, especially from Tottenham. I'm so sorry. Another time. I bought this out. We had to set off at five. Oh, really? Move along. Now, don't get dragged into it, son. Just show him who's boss. We had to leave the cat with next door, and he hates that. Well, we're terribly sorry, but it can't be helped. I'm sure you'll still have a lovely time in Brighton. The West Pier 
will be positively glorious on a day like this. If you just move along. Look, there's supposed to be a floorboard in the home of the Kennington Butcher. I followed that trial for 12 days, mate. I've got scrapbooks. I've got transcripts. I've got photos. He's got a special room. I remember the precise moment that floorboard appeared as evidence. I waited eight years to see it with my own eyes. Well, unforeseen circumstances, I'm afraid. Perhaps next year. That tooth isn't going anywhere after all. It's stuck fast. I really do think you should listen to the sergeant. All right, that's enough now. Break it up, move along. Listen, Toss, could you stop saying that? No need to take that tone, sir. What tone? That one. What one? Well, I expect it was that one, actually. Well, I haven't got a tone. I'm sorry to tell you this, sir, but you are now technically causing an obstruction... What? ...in contravention of the Public Highways Act, which is an offence punishable by a very, very large fine. Are you sure, sir? I think technically... Shut up, Twitten. And you are doing it in defiance of the clear, explicit orders of two policemen on duty. Oh, that's true. Which makes it much, much worse. So, op it. Tell him to op it, Twitten. I really think you should do what the sergeant says. I think he's losing his temper a little bit. Can't he just have a peek at that floorboard? You can see how much it means to him. No! Go on. I said no, madam. Step away from that flap at once. Better not, darling. Well, where's the arm for God's sake? What's he going to do? Shoot me? Don't touch that flap, madam. Help! Help! What's that? Oh, I'm definitely having a butcher's in there. Oh, no, you're not. Oh, no. Right! Definitely not! No, you come here. Get your hands off me. There is nothing to see. Got that? No, don't you do that to the sergeant. Please don't do that. He's kicking me. Oh, you stop. Stop it. Stop it. Now, will you just go away? Something dead fishy here, Doris. Really? Well, what are you going to do about it? Tell the police! Oh, please, please! Bugger off! Yes, bugger off! Come on, Roy. Let's go to the aquarium. Thank God. At least it's meant to be fishy there. (sighs) Well, sir... I think that went pretty well, didn't you? Help! Ah, tease it. Nobody's listening. Blimey, you got the breeze up good and proper, ain't ya? Not unreasonably in the circumstances. Listen, Sonny, don't you know what the penalty is for killing a police officer? Did the Derek Bentley case pass you by completely? You can be hanged. Not me, Squire. Why not you? Because I'm twelve. Thirteen next Tuesday, to be precise. Shut up, you brass. Who said that? Me, under the table. Maisie? But well, I forgot you were there. And don't you ever talk to a woman like that, by the way, young man. How do you know he's 13 next Tuesday? Well, he's my little brother, ain't he? Rudy. Shut up, Maze, I'm warning you. Now, look here. You shot my bloke, you little tyke. I hate him, that's why. So you know this revolting child who shot you, Vince? Yeah, that bag quiffy urchin. He do my not. He does it following me about, he watching me all the time, heckling the punch at Judy. <gasps> you heckle the punch and Judy? He saw my punch in the house, Inspector. What? Uh, he burned my Judy on a bonfire and made a deck chair. <gasps> Here, you're not a policeman, puppet. Well, yes, of course. Well, you like this then, mate. Only chops his ruddy head off. I am here, you 
now. This boy must be seriously unbalanced. Unbalanced? You're a ruddy pint-sized wacko, mate. Oh, my God. You don't think he's one of those mad people who wants to kill a famous person in order to become famous himself? Why? You famous then, Grandad? Me? Well, to listeners to the home service, I... No. No, 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 no. No, famous? <laughs> in fact, I, I can't think why I even brought it up. Is he famous, mate? <laughs> Are you famous? <laughs> Anyone for a rock band? Oh, Mrs. Grimes. Stay there, you old wit. Oh, isn't he a sweetheart? <laughs> Sorry, dear, you surprised to see me. I'm afraid when the shooting broke out, I went and hid behind the car. I'm very quiet in there, sir. I know. This isn't quite what you had in mind for today, is it, sir? Well, Twitten, not really. What I had in mind was that we would today give the general public confidence in our ability to protect them, you see. We feel proud of ourselves as policemen. The tent would be full of wonder and admiration. And, and what happens? A juvenile villain scuppers the entire thing... Our own inspector is placed in mortal danger and I get into a brawl with a buxom female holiday maker in full view of everyone on the beach. Move along, please. Thank you. Would you like an ice cream, sir? Oh, better not, Twitten. Nice thought, though. I wonder if one of us should go in and do something incredibly brave, sir. Try to uh, disarm the child, possibly. Anything we do like that just endangers the inspector, Twitten. Not to mention the public. We just have to wait for the crowds to go home. Well, it's jolly frustrating, sir. I know, I know. What's it like to be shot, sir? Oh, well, he varies, son. I've never been shot, you know, fatally. No, I suppose not. But in my experience, you hardly feel it at all as it goes in. Yeah. Then there's a lot of blood, which you staunch as much as possible, obviously, otherwise you die. Mm. Then it depends how easy it is to get the bullet out. Mm. Then sometimes it heals up quite quickly, and other times it just separates and gets oh. infected. And yeah. Well, well I, I, I could show you one of those if you're interested. That's all right, sir. That's all right. I, I suppose they'd never know if we had an ice cream. Oh, come on, dearie. Don't hold back. There's real sultanas in there. Oh, really? But what's that in your other hand, Mrs. Grimes? Oh, this, dear? Yes. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that. I'd almost forgot. <laughs> Actually, you might find this interesting. Watch carefully. It's a trick, I know. It's mostly in the wrist, dear. Oh. Watch. What happened? It's a kosh, dear. I just found it lying around. It was just enough to stun him, dear. You can take him home in a few minutes. Uh, would you like me to look after this gun, Inspector? Um, I know I'm only a civilian. Well, if, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, you better, isn't yeah. Now, I'll just unlock it. Oh, you're not careful. Ah, yeah, ah, there, ah, there ah, you are, oh, dear. Oh, that's considerably better, yes. But I don't understand. Where on earth did a lovable cockney child... Oh, don't thank me, dear. It's my pleasure, dear. Oh. <laughs> now, all this standing around jawing won't get the Football Association to rethink the laws on shoulder charging and tackling from behind and prevent people getting the next broken in cup finals now, will it, dear? <laughs> no, 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 I suppose it won't. <laughs> right, let's be off. Come on, Vince. Ah, right. Oh, excellent. Good. Um, oh, why are we going out the back way? Brunswick and Twitten are waiting outside over there. Oh, we don't want to disturb the sergeant now, do we? Uh, don't we? No, well, forgive me if I'm wrong, dear, but I got the impression earlier that you didn't want the public looking at all this nasty, horrible criminal stuff. Am I right? Well, yes, but... but oh, I see. Yes, 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 I see. Well, it's a bit unfair on Brunswick not to tell him, but... but uh, well, all right, yes. <laughs> oh, 
I really need an ice cream. <sighs> Perfect. Now, Maisie. He's coming round. I want you to get the word around, Maisie. Tell everyone to use the back entrance. We've had quite enough of all this nonsense, in my opinion. It was about half past six when Twitten and I finally got up the nerve to look inside again. The holidaymakers were all heading back to their hotels, the day trippers back to the station and the coach stops. It would have been a perfect, perfect day for our exhibition on the beach. When I say the marquee was empty, when I say it was empty, I don't mean just that the people had gone, although they had gone. Vince, Maisie, Mrs. Groins, the boy, the inspector. Flaming heck, Twitten! It's all flaming gone! Even the car, sir! How on earth did anyone get the car out? I, I can't take it in! No, sir. Flaming heck! Yes. Even the trestle tables! Everything, sir! Those tablecloths belong to my mum! Look! This is where they took it all out, sir. Someone dropped a garrote. Oh. What on earth are we going to tell Scotland Yard? Oh! Oh, oh, the car! The walking stick! All this time, Twitten, we were telling the truth. There really wasn't anything to see. Of course, we tried to trace the purloined items, and some of them came back to us in the long run by the natural course of events, i.e. when they were used extensively by unscrupulous villains to perpetrate further crimes in Brighton over the following weeks. The car, of course, was never seen again. But it wasn't all bad. One rather unexpected consequence of the whole affair was that Doris, the Tottenham holidaymaker with the cat, who hates to go next door, came down by train a week later, ostensibly to apologise to me for her behaviour, but actually to inform me over a couple of port and lemons that she'd never been handled by anyone like that before. <laughs> me and Doris have had quite a few dates now. I take her to the wrestling at the Alhambra, and afterwards we take a walk on the beach. Well, it takes all sorts. Inspector Steen, of course, was just happy to put the whole thing behind him as quickly as possible. Mrs. Grimes? Mrs. Grimes? Hello, Brighton Constabulary. No, she's not here at the moment. Well, yes, I can certainly take a message. Yeah, hold on. Um, very well, go ahead. Um, the paint jobs for pony. Right, no, hang on. Pony. Yes. And the plates is a ton. What? what ton? As in ton weight? <laughs> well, if you're sure. Um, plates is a ton. There we are. Yes. <laughs> right. Cheery bye. Yes. The paint job is a pony, and the plates is a ton. <laughs> Now, where does she keep those Gary Baldies, that wicked, wicked woman? In episode three of The Casebook of Inspector Skeen by Lynn Truss, Brunswick was played by John Ram, Twitten, Matt Green, Mrs. Groin, Samantha Spiro, Inspector Steen, Michael Fenton Stevens, Rudy, Ethan Brook, Maisie, Carla Mendonca, Ventriloquist Vince, Kim Wall, Doris, Rachel Atkins, and Roy, Will Keen. Music was by Anthony May. The producer was Karen Rose. The Casebook of Inspector Steen is a sweet talk production for BBC Radio 4.
And coming up next week... Mrs Adelaide Vine. Don't forget she shot you and left you for dead, sir. She never even got in touch to see if your wound got better. And I love her for it. So do I, sir. And me.